the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. We're here. We are in our place at the right time, fully clothed and in our right Says mind. <laughs> uh, in my right mind. Right, John? I'm never there. You've got to support me on that, brother. Well, listen, folks, we are glad to have you along with us tonight for the Bible Live broadcast. Uh, we are continuing our way through the scriptures. I uh, hope you already know, many of you do already, as you are regular listeners and journey with us every year as we make our way through the entire Bible. Uh, of course, our primary um, objective is to allow you to hear the Bible itself, hear the scriptures, every verse, every chapter, every book of the Bible, all 66 books every year. So you can go to our website, thebiblelive.com thebiblelive.com and you can find there uh, right there on the opening page if you just scroll down a bit I suppose and you'll see there are five readings <clears throat> for this coming week it's listed there and you can hear a 15 to 20 minute reading from the scriptures every weeknight every weekday anytime you want uh, <clears throat> you can go there from midnight to midnight the, ne the uh, next day, the beginning of the next day, and you'll find a reading for every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Uh, now, if you if you want to go back further than that, the week that we're in, this coming week, you can go, and that'll be what, September 5 through 9, yeah, Monday through Friday. And then, uh, but if you'd like to go back further and and catch other, listen to other books or other passages, you can do that at the website as well. Just go to our podcast uh, on the on the uh, menu, and you can scroll down and find any reading from any book uh, that includes the passage that maybe you want to hear. So we, um, <clears throat> we invite you to join with us on this journey through the Scriptures uh, each and every year, the entire Bible every year. Your chance to hear the Bible there on the website or here on Sunday night, we gather around and we, we talk about the passages that we read this past week. 
And this past week we read, uh, we're in the book of Jeremiah. We finished up the book of Isaiah uh, a week or so ago. <clears throat> and we've gone straight on into Jeremiah, excuse me. And we've begun the book of Jeremiah through 31 of the book of the, the prophet, the, the weeping prophet, Jeremiah. So we are going to be tonight covering those chapters, kind of talking through them, uh, mentioning some of the highlights, some of the interesting, uh, well, it's all interesting, but it's uh, some of the um, perhaps uh, uh, surprising or, or especially interesting passages uh, that uh, we read in the book of Jeremiah. Now, we've already given the background for Jeremiah. He uh, is a prophet. He, he was the last prophet of, um, of Judah. He was there. He followed uh, Isaiah a hundred years after J- Isaiah's ministry. Uh, <clears throat> and Jeremiah uh, was there during the last five kings of Judah, the southern uh, two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. Uh, it was during Isaiah's time of ministry that the northern tribes, uh, the ten northern tribes, were taken into exile by Assyria with their capital of Nineveh, and they never were returned. They never reconstituted as a uh, country or uh, there in the northern ten tribes. <clears throat> so, excuse me. So, um, Jeremiah comes a uh, hundred years later, and they are both warning. They've both been warning both Israel and Judah, uh, and Jeremiah is, is warning Judah about the um, coming exile that they are going to be. Uh, they're going to suffer a great military defeat and. Uh, the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, and they're going to be taken into exile. Uh, Jeremiah begins to tell them that. And then, of course, as his ministry draws toward its end, he is there when they, uh, the first, the first of three invasions by um, Babylon, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and they, in 605, B.C., before Christ, and then uh, 605, then 597, and then finally the the final invasion and the destruction of the city uh, in 586. That's a key date that uh, hopefully uh, for those of you who are wanting to know and understand the Scriptures, the Bible, that's one thing we're trying to help you do is be able to think through the entire biblical narrative be, from beginning to end from Genesis 1:1 in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and we want you to be able to think through the major events and the major personalities uh and the narrative of of what is happening Genesis Exodus Leviticus Numbers and Deuteronomy of course are uh contain the stories of the beginning the creation of the world and the beginning of the human race, how it began, then it also includes uh, Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden, Cain and Abel, and, <clears throat> and the early generations. Uh, and then you come up, uh, you, the spread of the, of the people 
across the world, across uh, the world of that time. And then you have the uh, universal flood of Noah in chapter, um, chapter 11, I believe it is. Um, and then after the flood, you have humanity. And you begin to get a, you get a sense of the flow of God's revelation of himself to the human race as it grows and expands. And then how he restarts, he resets, <laughs> uh, hit the reset button on uh, with the flood uh, and uh, Noah. And so then they come back, Noah and his seven relatives, his wife, three sons and their wives. And the race begins once once more to expand. So um, there. Well, we I tell you, I think we have um, <clears throat> then the Tower of Babel and yeah, and then Abraham. So uh, then you start with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, and so on. The first five books are the books of Moses, the book of the law, books of the law written, uh, we think, by Moses during the 40 years of of uh, journeying through the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt. Uh, and we're told about how Jacob and his sons go down, 72 people, 72 souls go down into Egypt. At first they are honored guests, and then they become uh, a slave nation, and, and they're taken into bondage and forced uh, labor, there in Egypt, where they built great cities and so on for the Egyptians. For 400 years they were there, 430 years, and then Moses was raised up to bring them out. Of course, we all <clears throat> have seen the movie The Ten Commandments, so we we know about Moses bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt, you know, through the Red Sea and to Mount Sinai, and where they they are reconstituted as a nation, and they God reveals Himself and His commands to them. They are He is doing nation building with the, the people of Israel and those and others who came out of Egypt with them, and so they become uh, they become Israel, the people of the children of Israel. Now Israel was the name that was given to Jacob. Remember, uh, so. Uh, when when he uh, fully converted and matured as a believer, he was called Israel because he uh, wrestled with God and won. Uh, so there we go. So that's the idea. I want you to be able to think through the scriptures as well. Follow the main lines after the time of um, Moses. The, we come to Deuteronomy, these, these speeches that Moses gives as they wait at the uh, Jordan River. And then you come into Joshua. Joshua takes over. Moses uh, goes up on the mountain, Pisgah, and he is um, he does not enter the promised land with the people. But Joshua leads them now, and they go into the promised land. Joshua then judges the time of the judges, a 350-year period. So that's, that's the idea. I'm kind of giving you an example. I want you to be able to think through the Scriptures and know what each of the books uh, the different sections and what the books uh, contain, the, the, in, at least in broad uh, topics and broad understanding. And we've made our way all the way through the Old Testament up until we've begun now with the major prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah, 
uh, and Lamentations, and then uh, we'll come to other books as well, uh, other prophets, and then we'll get into the minor prophets as we end the book of the Old Testament. Uh, after we finish the book of Jeremiah and Lamentation, though, we're going to go back to the Hebrew, back to the the Greek scriptures, the New Testament, and we'll pick up there where we left off after. Uh, I think it was uh, Titus and Philemon. Then we're going to pick up with the book of Hebrews in the Old Te- in the New Testament. And we'll read the book of Hebrews, then come back to the Minor Prophets, and then go back and pick up the um, James and First and Second and Third John, Peter and um, Jude, and the Revelation. We end our, our reading of the Scriptures this year, somewhere toward the end of October. We'll start all over again with the book of Genesis in uh, first week or so of November, and we'll go around the bases again. We'll we'll read the entire Bible. You can go to the website and find those readings. We'll start again at the book of Genesis. And here on Sunday night, we'll be commenting and discussing, taking your phone calls as well. If you'd like to call in and comment about a favorite passage, about uh, something that we read in the past, you have a question or you have a comment, you're free to call. We would invite you and urge you to give us a call. We'd love to hear from you and let uh, just kind of all of us kind of pool some of our understandings and some of our uh, some of the lessons we've learned from from the scriptures themselves. Our phone number is 210-340-9585. So Give us a call, 210-340-9585. And we're going to ask you some questions uh, through the evening here. We'll be asking you some questions that come from our readings this past week. And uh, if you call in, we're going to let you get a chance to answer those. And then we have some prizes for you. We have a wonderful new Bible called the Warfighters Study Bible uh, from the American Bible Society. It's an armed service ministry Bible. It's a great study Bible. has wonderful maps. It's got some great commentary uh, with the dates. It has places where you can take notes as you make your way through the scriptures. Uh, it's just a, w- a wonderful study Bible. So we've got that. We're ready to give that away tonight to someone who calls in, and uh, we'll let you know when we, we put out some questions. Plus, we have another set of these books, there are seven or eight of them in a series called God Understands. And they are scriptures that you can, where you can find comfort and hope for different situations in life. Like when you feel life is meaningless, without purpose, when you feel angry, when you feel life is unfair, maybe you're, you're, um, th- there's been a death or a loss in the family and you, uh, you're considering uh, the idea of our mortality, and m- maybe there's some fear of death when you feel overwhelmed with guilt, when you feel despair, or hopeless, and so on. So different situations of life that uh, I'd say to some extent all of us at some point in our life feel at least a touch of all of these, and you have some passages of Scripture that speak to each of those situations, and uh, they could help you and encourage you, and then you could use it as a uh, uh, a tool of ministry when others that you care about are having some of those experiences as well. So we're ready to give away a full series of these books called God 
understands. God understands. So we'll be giving those, offering those to you tonight. If you would like to call in during the program with a comment or answer one of the questions at least that we bring out on the in the program. Uh, <clears throat> now, my daughter Stacy is going to be here momentarily. She's joining us. She had an event at their church tonight, so she and uh, the grandbaby are making their way here, and and Grandma will be coming in, and my wife Suzanne will be here to help keep the baby and and so on while Stacy comes to help me with the broadcast and comment and so on. And it's a great joy to have my daughter with me, and um, <clears throat> she has really grown in the scriptures. We are we've enjoyed through the years all of our children uh, coming to know the Lord and coming to know the scriptures and understand the scriptures. So uh, it's it's she's the one that has the interest in radio. Though, so I'm I'm glad that Stacy is along with us. She'll she'll be joining us uh, during the program as well as soon as she arrives. Now. <clears throat> Let me start off uh, our commentary about the book of Jeremiah. We're going to start at chapter 14 and go through chapter 31. Now, Jeremiah, as we said before, is the weeping prophet. Uh, he, He had terrible difficulties and problems. He was extremely unpopular. He was um, he was persecuted. He was threatened. Uh, There were there were threats on his life. He was several times, there were plots to kill him. He was arrested. He was beaten. Uh, all of these things because he his message to Israel was not what the people wanted to hear. So my first question for you tonight, if you'd like to call in and give an answer, I'd like to ask one of you to call in and give me an answer to this question why was Jeremiah so unpopular? What was it about his message that made Jeremiah so unpopular uh, in his day, in his time, to where he had to endure all these threats and so on? And, the, and his message was basically rejected by the people. They would not listen. They would not hear as he spoke to them, messages that God gave him. We covered that in our opening uh, discussion of Jeremiah. In chapter 1, it starts out the whole book with Jeremiah's call to ministry. Uh, The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And he says, oh, sovereign Lord, I can't speak to you for you. I'm too young. And so his complaint was he's too young. Like Moses' complaint was, I don't, I'm not a good speaker. I can't talk. Uh, well, Jeremiah had an excuse as well, but God says, "Don't say that. I'm going. I've called you, and I'm going to use you to speak to, bring up some nations and tear down other nations." And so, uh, Jeremiah, during his forty years of ministry, is used by the Lord to warn nations and some of them to destruction and judgment, including Judah in the south, uh, or of course, including uh, Israel, the ten tribes in the north, until 722 when they were defeated and taken into exile. And then his focus turns to Judah in the south, the tribes of Benjamin and Judah. And uh, so <clears throat> Jeremiah 
speaks to them uh, and warns them, but they reject his message. And my question to you is if you'd like to give us a call, 210-340-9585. My question to you is why was Jeremiah's message why was his message rejected so intensely and so definitively by the people of his time? Why, what was it about his message that they did not like and caused them to be so rebellious? And, and it wasn't, it wasn't, I want to, I want to give you a little hint about it. It wasn't just because uh, he was warning them of judgment that they're going to be judged, that you know, a terrible thing is going to happen to you, that, that was part of his message. But it, the reason he was so rejected, I think, was a little bit more political uh, than that in particular. That was a part of it, of course. So uh, maybe you can give us a call, 210-340-9585, and uh, John will take your call and it, Put it, put it over to Stacy and me here on the air, and we'll hear your thought about why was Jeremiah the weeping prophet? Why was he so persecuted and so uh, resented and, uh, and threatened so much during his ministry? So give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Stacy has joined me now. Hi, sweetie. Yay, hello. Good to see you. I'm glad you're here. How's my grandbaby doing? She's great. She's good. <laughs> All right. She ready to come on the radio again? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are ready to begin our discussion. You heard, honey, the, the question I asked first was I just asked folks the general broad question. If they remember from our first, our opening comments on Jeremiah last week, why was it that, or maybe they know from other reasons as well. Why was it that Jeremiah was so um, so unpopular, particularly and especially kind of in in a, in a political way? Mm-hmm. But uh, we started in chapter fourteen this week, and we started with another thing that <clears throat> God told Jeremiah to do something that basically, to most people, I think we're surprised by. It. In chapter 14, the chapter we started with, uh, God tells Jeremiah uh, to stop doing something, and it really is a big surprise. It kind of takes you by surprise because many times. Because aren't we told yet to never, um, without ceasing? (laughs) There's a hint. (laughs) Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. I did this without ceasing and yet stop. I was going, no, no, don't tell them. Uh, so what is it that God told Jeremiah to stop doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was during a terrible drought. Not only did they have the threat of Babylon and the Babylon's army and all these different the threat of God's judgment on them and so on and so on. And it was a very, very difficult time uh, politically. Uh, with the threat from uh, Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar. Then Egypt was, they were trying to form an alliance with G- Egypt in the south to protect them. Instead of trusting God, they they tried to find military alliances and, and so on uh, until Egypt, too, was defeated by um, Babylon in, in the great battle of Karchemish in 605. That's when, uh, If I remember correctly, that's when... Um, Josiah, the first king, Jeremiah became 
a prophet and began his prophetic ministry in the during the reign of the young child king, Josiah. And Josiah was killed in that famous battle of Carchemish in 605. And um, so that's, it was, a, it was a, a difficult time for the prophet. <clears throat> and so, um, but here in chapter 14, on top of all of that, they had a drought. And we in South Texas are familiar with that. droughts. <laughs> hey, by the way. Have you thanked the Lord for the rain right, this week? That's right. Yes, uh, I have. <laughs> I think I think we are all mentalized when, when we get rain or the possibility of rain, we all go, Okay, Lord, please send us some rain. And it really came down this past week, at least one day of good rain. So we need to thank the Lord for that as well. Well listen, Stacy is with me now. We're gonna be back in just a few minutes as we take a, a little break after our first segment. And we'll come back and talk about the book of Jeremiah, chapters 41, 14 to 31. And we'll take your phone calls, 210-340-9585. Got some wonderful prizes for you. And uh, hopefully you can be a part of the program tonight. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't you dare go anywhere. Stay with us. You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. back shine jesus shine good choice john good choice mm-hmm. well we are back uh stacy's here with me in the studio now and we are beginning our discussions of jeremiah the weeping prophet and uh we've already mentioned several things in an introductory way but we're picking up in chapter 14 uh jeremiah has been warning this early in the early part of his ministry uh israel in the north is still uh, in existence, but they get taken into exile by uh, Assyria in 722 B.C., another important date to remember in the biblical narrative. Uh, the ten northern tribes are taken into exile and never returned, never reconstituted as a nation or uh, never returned to, to Israel. Now, um, so Jeremiah now is 
focusing on Judah. And there's a, as we pick up in chapter 14, there is a, there's a terrible drought on top of all the political uh, chaos and, and challenges and threats. There is a terrible drought that comes upon them as a nation. And, uh, and so Judah begins in chapter two, says Judah wilts, uh, the message came to Jeremiah from the Lord explaining why he was holding back the rain. Judah wilts, commence at the city gates, commerce at the city gates grind to a halt. All, uh, all the people sit on the ground in mourning and a great cry rises from Jerusalem. Now, maybe we don't get it. I'm not sure if in our modern era, if we really get the idea of a drought to that extent. Right. You know, we we have droughts, and, and yet we're not sitting on the ground weeping in the morning. Maybe right. some of our farmers do. I don't know. <clears throat> but we're kind of a dry part of Texas, I guess. Uh, but this, uh, well, at least we have some understanding of right. rain is so vital, so crucial for uh, a country of people. Uh, water is a, a basic human need, and of course for the crops and the cattle and mm-hmm. so on. So they're they're going through a really terrible drought, mm-hmm. and in the middle of that, God tells the people, not God tells Jeremiah, there's something He wants him to stop doing, and, and I've already asked that question out there. What did God tell Jeremiah not to do any further? I wonder what. When you ha- when we have drought, Stacy, or for example, we talked about the fact that it rained this past week. Have you ever maybe hesitated a bit to blame God for a drought, or maybe even thank Him for rain, thinking that you know, did God intentionally say, "Okay, uh, rain"? <laughs> In, <laughs> Uh, in other words, is he doing that for every community, every place on planet Earth? Is he is he micromanaging everywhere it rains and doesn't rain and droughts? Uh, how do you kind of think of that? Well, I, I mean, I, I guess like I would think of any sort of decision or any happenings. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely am grateful, and I think that I always think of that Ben Franklin. God co- governs in the affairs of man. God is absolutely involved. I mean, I think he, uh, and he certainly, it's his prerogative to at any point step in and stop or make happen things. I heard, I think you've said it, miracles do happen every day, you know, if we yeah. pause. And, um, and I think that he's very active. That, and then a lot of things, though, he he lets um, you know, he lets kind of play out. It's it goes into that kind of, kind of that um man's free will, God you know, predestination yeah, yeah, question yeah. where you get into well God gave the options. He created the he process. He created the process and so he can at both it can both be said that we did it and he did it. Yeah. Um just as as Well truthfully. we can't produce the rain. I guess we could put up you know, they have these things now. Every now and then they try to create rain by planes fly and they Mm. put out some kind of chemical or something. I I don't know how it works, but they, you know, try to create rain, make it rain. Mm -hmm. If you have clouds and moisture in the air, they try to have it precipitate and 
come down. But <clears throat> yeah, that that is a good thought there that God did create the whole process, <laughs> the whole idea of evaporation and condensation and water. Uh, there's a great miracle right. about water. It's an oh, amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing thing that water is the only liquid, if I understand correctly, that as it solidifies, does not grow more dense and sink to the bottom. Water, when it solidifies and becomes ice, it floats uh-huh. at a certain at a certain temperature. Otherwise, then we it would be floats. up a creek, literally. <laughs> yeah, we would really it, <laughs> the fish would die least. and right. it would wreak havoc if if water was like other uh-huh. uh, liquids as it solidified it sank. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, water is very unique mm-hmm. in that sense. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, the whole process is all of the all the the mm-hmm. chemical, biological, physic, physics uh, processes were created by him. So, yeah, he is managing. And I, I don't know about micromanaging. It's funny, though, a, a week or two ago we had a rain, and I was out. I was driving back from Lackland Air Force Base mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> or from some errand. And it was raining, and I woohoo! You know, I said, "Thank you, Lord." What rain on the windshield, and you got to use my windshield wipers right. and so on. And and I said, "Okay, Lord, let it rain, let it rain." So it rained. It, it was really raining. Pulling, I, I stopped at a friend's house and, and gave him some materials that I was carrying. One of our teachers, and then it was still raining, and I drove uh, to our to our house then, and as I passed the street. The cross street that goes into our neighborhood, into our residential area, it stopped raining. <laughs> it was so funny because it was like on one side of that street, it was raining. Oh, right. When you I went right into our the, uh-huh. residential area, it wasn't raining. And Aww. so I, that made me wonder, okay, Lord, now what? <laughs> why are we not getting the rain and they are getting it? Has it has to stop somewhere. I guess, I guess it does. It has to stop somewhere. <laughs> Doesn't rain everywhere all at the same time, does it? Well, anyway, God told Jeremiah um, to stop doing something right in the middle of this mm, drought, this terrible drought. And I have it out there, folks, if you'd like to give us a call. What did it, it's really quite a surprise to us. It's found in uh, Jeremiah chapter 14, verse um 11. Mm-hmm. So you can look it up. It's an open book quiz. You can look it up in your Bible. Give us a call, 210-340-9585. And we've got a set of these wonderful books called God Understands that we'd like to offer to you as a prize if you'd like to give us a call and be a part of the program this evening. So uh, give us a call, 210-340-9585. So we've gotten that. Um, now we move on through Jeremiah. I mean, it's just a it really is a heartbreaking story mm-hmm. of what ha- ha- happens. Uh, one of the kings during the time, uh, uh, actually just a little bit before the time of Jeremiah, one of the w- wicked kings was um, Manasseh. And uh, <clears throat> Manasseh's son of Hezekiah, who was a good king, he led in a time of revival. And then Manasseh comes along. This is also intriguing. Here's a great pro, uh, a great king, 
loves the Lord, serves the Lord, calls the people to to obey the law, sends people to read the scriptures all over the kingdom. Um, Hezekiah, and he prays and when he's under threat and so on. And then here comes Manasseh, mm-hmm. and he's just terrible. He's a very wicked uh, yeah. king, uh, sacrifices his children on, and I, uh, to to yeah. false god and, yeah. and, and burns them in the fire and, and so on and so on. So uh, and they say that Manasseh is responsible for killing um, um, okay. Isaiah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Manasseh it does, comes. It reminds me of that... Um, who was it? Was it? Uh, we're we're just one generation away from yeah. losing yeah. freedom. <laughs> it I really mean, highlights it in here because you have uh, you have Manasseh, and then his son Amon, Amon, who is also uh, not a good king, yeah. not following the Lord. He doesn't reign that long. Uh, well, nineteen years, I guess that's pretty good. Uh, but then, on top, after these two very wicked kings comes this eight-year-old boy who is put on the throne yeah. <clears throat> named Josiah, and he becomes a, a great, godly, God-fearing, uh, obedient king and leads the people in a time of revival by reading the scriptures himself and reading them to the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he once again does what the kings were to, supposed to do, uh, every, every seven years, they were supposed to read the law the, uh, the, the, to the people. They were to teach the people the law. And so Josiah does that. The people hear and respond and enters a great time of revival in the time of Jeremiah. When Jeremiah, uh, during the time of his prophecy, he, Jeremiah began his prophetic ministry during the reign of Josiah. We mentioned that already. And then the following, the last four kings after Josiah uh, were also there when, during the time of Jeremiah. We'll talk about some of them. <clears throat> some of the things that, some of the hardship that uh, Jeremiah faces, uh, maybe we could list some of these difficulties that he uh, that he was told. I've always been in chapter 16, Jeremiah is prohibited by the Lord. I mean, this this almost seems like the Lord is kind of piling on Jeremiah in a way. Uh, maybe you have a thought about the Jeremiah is told that there's several things that I've already mentioned. There's one thing he, God told him not right. to do, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, to stop doing. And I, hopefully I'll, I'll call her and give us a call and tell okay. us what that is. If not, we'll just have to give the answer ourselves. But there's also some things that God told Jeremiah not to do that mm-hmm. they also seem a little unusual. Yeah, but you know what? When you really think about it, I, I don't know, I, it might have been a relief, you know, because... Uh, uh, that's a thought. Yeah, you know, if, if you're... You know, the, the weight of the world must have it must have felt like the weight of the world could be on his shoulders, trying to save a people group from themselves, you know, mm-hmm. trying to. And so these things that he tells, uh, these things that the Lord tells Jeremiah not to do could also be a, look, you're, it's not up to you. You're released. You don't have to do these things or these things, which ordinarily you might think, I need to do those because I need to be active in the community. I need to be 
uh, really engage. I need I to be. I wonder if they were part a, of the ministry. You're part of his right, per, right. To do these, all things. of those. Maybe things, you can um, tell them. We can tell them what these things are. Right. Well, he tells them not to marry, do mm-hmm. not attend funerals, and do not attend feasts or parties. Wow. Don't even share a meal. And, you know, so... So, so all of his social interaction, mm-hmm, I guess, was mm-hmm. limited. Which, um, you know, if you're in, if you're swimming upstream, it's hard to do that. So maybe this is the Lord's way of saying you don't... You do not have to even be in, in, in gate. You can completely, in many ways, just withdraw. Hear me. Spend time with me. It's not on you. So I don't know. In some ways, it feels isolating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, also, it might have been a little bit of re- release. I'm released from those kind of yeah. duties. And of- maybe it occurs to me now that you've opened the door to a little bit of creative thinking <laughs> that maybe this was part of God's uh, concern for his. Because he, he really did receive some very serious threats on his life. Oh, and if he's yeah, out there in go. public, it parties uh-huh. or funeral, maybe that would be easier for an assassin safe. or someone to oh, right, to, uh, to take him out. Mm-hmm. So you're not to be out circulating. But he was told not to do not marry, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Remain single. Do not attend funerals. And so you never know. I mean, in, in those days, marriage and funerals might have had all sorts of um, <clears throat> You know, ceremony involved that he mm-hmm. couldn't, you couldn't in in good conscience participate yeah. in. Mm-hmm. And do not attend parties or feasts. Mm-hmm. Don't even share a meal. Wow. So uh, we see that in chapter 16 of Jeremiah. There's some, these are unusual things. It, it's very unique that, that uh, the way that God is using Jeremiah. It's an unusual time in, in uh, the history of of Judah in the south, and uh, there's an amazing event coming that's going to close out the ministry of Jeremiah, and he's he's telling them, uh, he's telling them about judgment that is coming their way. Now during his during his ministry, uh, which goes up to 581, I believe it is BC, uh, in 605 Jeremiah is there when the first invasion. Mm-hmm. from Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and I think about 4,000 were taken in that first, if I remember the number correctly, uh, taken into exile by that first invasion, mm-hmm. in 605, following the Battle of Carchemish that I mentioned over in Damascus. On the return trip, they took uh, uh, captive and they took the first group of exiles over into um, Babylon, and you know Daniel and the others. <clears throat> so, um, so uh, Jeremiah lives. He's there during that time, and so he's uh, he's. It's interesting. He's seeing all of this, mm-hmm. and that plays a little bit into uh, what did, uh, why did. Uh, why was he rejected? And so since no one has given us a call, let's answer that question right now. It's a very important question to answer because it it has to do with the whole book of Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Part, why was he so unpopular? Why uh, not just because he was announcing uh, judgment, he was calling on the people to repent and turn back to God. I'm sure that was a part of it. Mm-hmm. But um, 
on the political side of things, he was telling them to do something that uh, in some ways a little unusual, I guess. Right. Uh, or at but least this was the message that God gave him. Counterintuitive. You might, or Maybe. It, uh, par- right. Just would be surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He told uh, in Jeremiah in chapter 1, remember, he said, I'm going to use you to raise up some empires, some nation, and I'm going to use you to put down some others. So I guess it's maybe an example of it. So right. uh, what is that reason, Stacy? so that right. we can well, put that question away? He tells them to give in, to surrender to to Babylon, to just, Nebuchadnezzar, to yeah. Nebuchadnezzar and to, uh, to let it happen, to let them go ahead and, and, and to surrender yeah, without fighting back. The, yeah, without being slaughtered, mm-hmm. without the mm-hmm. city being mm-hmm. destroyed and the mm-hmm. temple destroyed. And he was telling them to give in. I, I, I um I can't I guess I can with we see we do remember that God somehow was involved with Nebuchadnezzar. Remember he went through the this experience of being kind of went crazy and out in the fields right. and, mm-hmm. and, and and he had uh, he had seen uh, God uh, through Daniel and Daniel's experience and so on. So evidently uh, Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon to some degree was favorably um disposed ex- disposed to 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 kind of recognize Israel as the you know a nation that follows the one god mm-hmm. and so on mm-hmm. and so um the idea is that he told them give in surrender uh things will go better for you well for you but they just they didn't like that message. They kept trying to form an alliance with Egypt and with other nations. And, and of course, Babylon kept defeating all of them sooner or later. And and, and, and then finally, because of their rejection of that message. I like that, uh, <clears throat> the, the term surrender. I mean, surrender is kind of, and, and, you know, that actually brings a little bit of the themes of maybe, you know, uh, when God tells Jeremiah not to marry, do not attend funerals, do not attend feasts or parties. That kind of has a little bit of a feel of surrender as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sur- surrender. Stop Stop fighting maybe the <laughs> the inevitable downfall. Stop fighting. You know, just sur- surrender. surrender. And, and ultimately, you kind of think of surrender to me, surrender to my right. will uh, over your yes, will. Yes, exactly. And, yeah, that, and, is, that is ultimately the, the question, mm-hmm. isn't it? Sounds a little like COVID <laughs> for some reason. Uh, don't go to parties. Don't, <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you wear your mask. <laughs> but oh. anyway, that, that's what we see happen here. Now, in Chapter 17, there is a, um, and we still have the question out there, what did God tell Jeremiah in a, kind of an unusual way? In in chapter 14, he told him to stop doing something. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you can give us a call if you'd like to tell what did God and so on. It's it's a little more, uh, in some ways, a little more counterintuitive, to use the word, (laughs) Uh uh, itself. But there's a a wonderful passage. In, In chapter 17, we have a very important biblical principle that is brought out. And it's, it's a principle that that really is quite a bit mm, controversial. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is this is great. This is <clears throat> um, especially when you 
I'm a mother to an eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah. I always, uh, it's just, uh, it, it talk about counter-cultural, counter-intuitive. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Most really want to think that, oh, well, that's, that's well, do you want to go ahead and say what it yeah, is? Yeah, well, I was just thinking uh, we live in a time when, uh, when um, self is so yeah uh self is being self-esteem everybody's mm-hmm. concerned about building your self-esteem and, and your to, confidence and to trust and, yourself yeah, and mm-hmm. to <laughs> it, it's kind of a uh, <laughs> i am so sorry bless that's terrible you. God bless you. but anyway uh kind of a socialist or Humanist. maybe even communist agenda uh, for the last hundred years is kind of a growing sense uh, of humanism the idea that that man is basically good and getting better and we're moving closer and closer to nirvana you know we're moving to a, a, a great society because man is getting is good and getting better but the the biblical message is totally different uh and we see that in chapter 17 verse 9 uh god tells us about the human heart it's deceitful above all things <laughs> and desperately wicked and desperately wicked i tell will that no but uh but it's true you know he it was recently but he said well something about trusting himself you know trusting and i and it just caught me and i thought no no, no, you're the last person you should <laughs> do not trust yourself. I can't remember exactly yeah, I the context, though, really was. And I quite, you know, question yourself constantly, absolutely, uh, and and trust God's word. Don't trust yourself. <laughs> um, take very, whatever very your thought is, and you always want to good put that mothering up and good commentary <laughs> right. for us here right. on, on. But uh, Jeremiah uh, talks about the human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately Mm -hmm. wicked Mm -hmm. now our founding fathers knew that and recognized that as a truth that's why we have checks and balances balances Mm -hmm. in on our governmental system Mm -hmm. and so on uh because we know that absolute power corrupts absolutely i had that question this morning in the bravo class that i taught out at lackland uh one of the trainees asked well what why did you know, they were confused about if we're so if we're wicked, and, and we're, we're why is that, and why would Jesus have to die if that's if we are by nature that, and so I had to I had to explain to them the whole point, and, and it was really a great learning moment for them as well. If we are desperately wicked, and why would He have to die for us? Yeah, I, I don't know if that was the actually the, the tone of the question, but. The point was, is some people do wonder, okay, how, why are we condemned mm-hmm. under sin mm-hmm. and, and judged under sin mm-hmm. and that Jesus had to die for us mm-hmm. if, if, uh, if Adam and Eve sinned? You know, why oh. why mm-hmm. for their sin, mm-hmm. all of us? And, and I reminded them of the truth of genetics. Mm-hmm. All of the genetic material for every human who's ever lived was in Adam and Eve. And that we were all, the whole race of humanity came under that judgment, under the condemnation of, of sin. And so, get hence, all of us are born in a sin. In chapter 51. I, like, I always like how you um, said it when we know we don't have a shine, but um, that Adam and Eve had a choice and we have a choice. And they cho- had, they had a choice on from the position of 
Unity Sinless is innocence, sinless, yeah. and we have a choice now because of Jesus on the side the of the same choice. And we I get to like choose God or that, reject God, no, no, but it's from the side of sinful, fallen humanity. And on our side, is kind of nice because all we have to go is up. <laughs> we're, we're about as bad as it can get. That's so. right, if we understand correctly. 17, 9, chapter 17, verse 9, it tells us that truth, that the heart of man is deceived. Principles, one of the basic laws that are uncovered for us in the scriptures. Well, there's our music. We've got to take our second break, entering our final uh, segment of our program. The Bible Live will be right back after these messages. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and Romans, First Corinthians. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Galatians, Ephesians. Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians 1 and 2. First Listen Timothy, second Timothy. Jesus is the only one can carry you through. Now you better get ready because I'm telling you why. Jesus is the coming from his throne on high. Many are the weary, the lone and sad. They're going to wish they hadn't done the things they had. Now how you going to feel about when the things he said? On that judgment day, I said now. Everybody gonna have religion you and glory. Everybody gonna be singing I a story. Now. Everybody gonna have a wonderful time up there. Oh, 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 oh glory, hallelujah. You better get your record of the coming of morning. You better get it ready, cause I'm giving yes, you one. Yes, Everybody gonna have a wonderful time up there. This is the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. You're listening to the Bible Live. This is Stacy Dollar Matthews, I guess, uh, and Soapy is your host. I'm just here having fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, welcome, welcome back. Uh, we're going through the Book of Jeremiah, and we were just talking about Jeremiah 17, and uh, he talks about the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And sometimes I think we're surprised by that. Um, but it's, I think, kind of surprising that we're surprised by it. I mean, look around. I think even on a personal level, every day we make, um, every day we would say, oh, well, I messed up this or I didn't do this right. Or even if we try really, really hard to do good or whatever we ascribe as good, we fail um, constantly. So, and then, and then, you know, you look around at the world and, um, such horrible news and sad and tragic shootings and, um, yeah, horrible crime, crime. and all, uh, all different kinds, right. high and low. Right. <laughs> and we don't want to be desensitized to that. It is tragic and it's awful and it's sad and it's worth grieving. But at the same time, we should not be surprised. That is our state, our natural state, and uh, we're in desperate need of of, of a savior. That is mm-hmm. the, and the good news is the gospel message. We have one to save us from ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and I always think of that um, that quote. I don't know if it's a quote or more of a saying, but uh, we are far more evil than we could imagine, and God is far more loving and forgiving than we imagine, mm-hmm. and uh, we sometimes want to. You know, maybe, or you know, we want to downplay how evil we are and how wicked we, we really are at heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that waters down then too mm-hmm. how loving and mm-hmm. forgiving God is. Um, but Quite often, it's our 
our failures and our and our our pain that we cause ourselves and others and it's many times it's our it's our very sin that brings that sense of conviction right uh, yeah. In the New Testament, it says mm-hmm. that the Holy Spirit will convict the world, and meaning mm-hmm. lost men and women who have not come into that relationship with God yet, not been made right with the Lord through the gospel, through the work mm-hmm. of, of the Messiah, Jesus. And, it, and it, um, it says that the Holy Spirit will convince the world, lost folk, mm-hmm. of sin, mm-hmm. of righteousness. In other words, they'll see their... I am impatient. I am angry. I am selfish. Mm-hmm. And in righteousness, you know, you I don't have to be. There is, it's possible to be right, to be good, mm-hmm. uh, and judgment, that we'll be responsible for what we choose. And, and those are fundamental, you know, basic things. And, and sometimes it's our, I think it is our, our very sin that brings us up. Mm-hmm. And we do something terrible, and all of a sudden we we're alert to the fact mm-hmm. that wow, I'm, I need I need help right, here. I right. need I need God. I need right. something mm-hmm. to change me and mm-hmm. help me. And, and that just makes mm-hmm. the I mean that makes the gospel that much m- more real and profound to the people. I mean, in my life at least, mm-hmm. uh, the yeah. the good news that He covered it though. It Even is real. That, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it's realistic. Mm-hmm. It, it it gets the human heart. Uh, right where we are. I mean, he rightly understands who we are. Well, then in chapter 18, God uses a potter and clay to uh, give Jeremiah a vision about uh, Judah, about Israel. And uh, he takes him to uh, a potter's shop. And he the potter is there, and then he finds a defective pot. It, it didn't come out the way he wanted, so he destroys it. He cracks it up, and, it, and he begins... Again, with a new, mm-hmm. and so this is a picture of how God is going to destroy uh, Israel. He judged them for their sin and rejection, and and then start again. He would restore them. So we've got the, those again, those twin messages of God's judgment, uh, condemnation of sin, His warning, and His judgment that is coming, and at the same time that message of restoration, of hope for the future. Um, Chapter 19, he warns the people about, uh, he tells them that it's going to be a terrible time, that they will be reduced even to such hunger that cannibalism will be. And that happened on two occasions, both Babylon in 586 B.C. and when Titus, uh, emperor of Rome, invaded uh, Jerusalem in A.D. 70. Once again, they saw... They suffered to that extent mm-hmm. uh, with the, the the siege that was laid on the city. And then there's this uh, priest named Pashur. He's a priest that, that rejects the message of God, and he's teaching a false message uh, to the people. He's giving them hope. He's saying, oh, no, it's going to be peace and prosperity. We just uh, need to stay here because we have the temple with us, and we're good. And... and uh, God deals with Pashur. He he arrests Jeremiah, and he has him whipped and put in public stocks at the uh, Benjamin Gate of the temple. We see that in chapter 20. So Pashur the priest goes through a great deal of uh, judgment as well. God deals with him. Uh, I love that. I, I love there's a passage in chapter 20 where Jeremiah 
tries to shut up. You know, I, I, I can imagine uh-huh. yes. here he is with this message that people hate. They're rejecting it. And so finally he's trying to say, well, don't, just don't do Don't say that anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yet. Yeah, it's Jeremiah 29. Uh-huh. 20 a, verse 9, yeah. There's a fire in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I always oh, my lands. He can't hold that message in. That should be our attitude toward the gospel. Yeah. We can't ho- we've got to tell people this mm-hmm. message of hope and encouragement and right. healing, forgiveness, yeah, mm-hmm. like a fire in my bones, yeah. Um very very interesting there in chapter 20. Uh let's move on through the, we're trying to move through the passages there in Jeremiah. Um <clears throat> now we we did ask uh, earlier on why what was it that that Jeremiah was saying that made him so unpopular. Right. Part of it was condemnation, call to repentance, judgment coming, but he was telling them to surrender mm-hmm. to uh, Babylon, to surrender to Nebuchadnezzar, and, and but the false God, the false prophets were saying, "Don't worry, God is going to deliver you. It's going to peace and prosperity." Uh, so it was very. He, he was just. On the wrong side of an argument, I guess, there. But they were on the wrong side of history, uh, in fact. So, um, I, and I love, in chapter 23, we, we talk about Isaiah being a great prophet that, that predicted so many times the Messiah. And, uh, it's called the Gospel of the Hebrew Scriptures, the book of Isaiah. Um, now, here in chapter 23, Jeremiah refers to the righteous descendant Mm. Um, he says the Lord will place a righteous branch on the throne of David his name will be Jehovah Sidkenu which means the Lord is our righteousness so we find that in chapter 23 and of course uh, who is he predicting there what uh, when did that come true I will raise up a righteous descendant from David's line. He will be a king who rules with wisdom. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. Uh, And this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. And that day Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. Uh, And speaking of the people of God, not political Israel, but God's people. We are now part of Israel. And this this is a prediction of the Messiah himself who would come again. Uh, and do his work of redemption on on for the sake of lost humanity. So we see that wonderful passage in chapter 23. We're moving on along. We're trying to get to chapter 31, so we'll kind of cover the readings from this last week. Anything you see, Stacy, that we should maybe um, just mention at least that so folks get a sense of, as we move through the book of Jeremiah? Well, I think uh, <clears throat> you're kind of seeing that, um, you know, the false prophets saying, kind of teasing people, you know, it's going to be fine and you're good, it's okay. And it goes back to that heart is deceitful above all things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want, it's all those things you want to believe and you want to think are true. And, um, you know, it's one thing to be optimistic and to, mm-hmm. you know, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice in you. Know, but that optimism, that hope, and if it's not in in Christ alone, if it's not in uh, his word in this case or in uh, the hope of of 
of your Savior, of, of the coming Messiah in this case, um, then it's not a real hope. If it's in just the temple, if it's in just uh, your, because you were born into, yeah. you know, a family or a certain, mm-hmm. then uh, it's, it's don't, you know, don't trust it. I it's, and I, I, in other words, it's just an interesting thing to see what was their downfall. It yeah. basically was just to trust something that they, that sounded so much better and so much yeah. nicer and more pleasant. It's like the prosperity uh, gospel. Of the right, prosper- right. Uh, and even in our times, we have people who, who, right. We'll say, oh, a man is good, and we're getting better. I mean, even preachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, not not every building with the cross on the top is a good, healthy congregation. Not every patent, every man that wears a collar or calls mm-hmm. himself a pastor right. or a reverend, not everyone is right. a believer. We right. have to be. Discerning. And that's told to us throughout the scriptures, mm-hmm. Old and New Testaments. We're warned against false teachers mm-hmm. and, and so on. So he, he warns them there uh, in chapter 23 as well about these false prophets and priests uh and that's a it's a it's a it's a very strong element of the environment Tickle, of that time. tickling your could happen to america america too right. we're just too great right. econ- yeah but you know um it, it uh and, and what god tells them t- it's interesting what god t- and many people wonder today about okay what should we do about all these Mm-hmm. Television evangelists and on the radio, whatever these false teachers, and uh, even in our church, you know, you, maybe you church gets a pastor who kind of goes uh, goes rogue right. from God's word and right. begins to preach and teach things that aren't scriptural. Right. Um, a number of responses we could have, uh, but essentially, what what Jeremiah tells them is this: change the channel. Mm-hmm, <laughs> don't go there anymore don't give your money and support their message and their minute mm-hmm. move away uh from it so that's that's what we get in there in chapter th- 23 the, the response to false proce- prophets and priests they were talking about deliverance from babylon and and prosperity peace and prosperity mm-hmm. uh going on after that um let's see there were some uh there's a picture of Figs, a basket of figs. Um, we are told uh, that Jeremiah, that uh, Jehoiakim, that Nebuchadnezzar would defeat them and take them as exiles for 70 years. Remember, we've been told that already, that it was because of the years they did not let the land lie follow as they had been commanded to do, somehow related to that command of God that they disobeyed. Um, so that uh, ultimately though they also figured into it the, the killing of innocent children and other things that uh, of wickedness that was part of the culture of that time as well uh, let's see if there's anything else I, I do remember Jeremiah got in front of the temple right in the middle of Jerusalem and preached to the people uh, and told them that God had in answer to the idea that well god's not going to destroy us in jerusalem because we have the temple he reminded them that god did destroy israel in the north and he destroyed the city of shiloh in the north where the tabernacle had been located so just the presence of the temple was no was no uh no reason to think that god would not judge them um let's see what else what else do you find micah 
was another prophet mm -hmm. uh, during this time, a, 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 com a contemporary prophet during the time of Jeremiah. So, and, and Jeremiah mentions him in chapter 26. Uh, that Micah also predicted that Jerusalem would be destroyed. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, they killed a prophet in chapter uh, 26. They do execute a, another preacher mm -hmm. of the time named Uriah. So he is killed. And then, of course, again, Jeremiah is much more public figure, but Jeremiah is uh, threatened as well. And so I guess maybe who knows killing of of this prophet named Uriah, maybe uh, maybe that was a warning <laughs> to Jeremiah. I don't know. Mm. But uh, and we've already mentioned the number of times the invasions of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. um, a false prophet. Han Jeremiah uses a yoke from an oxen. It, he uses it at, to illustrate the message of judgment and told the people that God was, uh, was going to judge them and that they would be put under yoke. They would be uh, held, uh, you know, sent into exile and conquered. But this false prophet said, no, the, the, uh, the yoke, and, and Jeremiah actually used a physical yoke to il illustrate his sermon and a, a, little, um, a little object lesson, I guess. And, but this false prophet said, no, it means just the opposite. It's not, God's not, we're not going to be judged and, and held in bondage. We're God is going to uh, destroy Babylon and restore the temple treasures to Israel. So um, remember the, the treasures that were taken by right. <laughs> Hezekiah, <laughs> let this Babylonian right. uh, emperor come and see all their riches. And, and they, so that they was Hananiah and then, and then Jeremiah. Yeah, Hananiah, the false prophet, yeah. And then uh, and Jer and then he and Hananiah was condemned by Jeremiah, and Hananiah died two months later. You would think that wow. uh, yeah, you would think <laughs> that people would <laughs> maybe listen to Jeremiah a little yeah. bit more, but I guess so. Hmm. It, it's kind of like uh, Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament right? when they when they lied to God. But yeah, you're right. He was condemned by Jeremiah, and he died two months later. Hananiah did. Uh, after the exile, the first exile, Jeremiah wrote a letter to the exiled Jews over in Babylon, uh, a letter of hope mm -hmm. that God, they would find God and that he would restore them mm -hmm. back to the land. You that's wonder if that's a letter Daniel got. or Maybe so. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that, obviously, God was at work here mm -hmm. doing something, accomplishing something. And if we back up and take the take the big view of here we see that that this is all in line with what God has been saying all along so these prophets Jeremiah Isaiah and Micah and others they they knew what God had promised they knew the redemptive plan of God to bring the Messiah through the, the people of Israel and Babylon I, I mean in Bethlehem he was going to be born and we see this prediction of the Messiah uh, and so they I could see how they would they would understand that they'll be taken into exile, but they will be restored because God's redemptive plan depends on us being here and right. the Messiah being born in Bethlehem yeah. and so on. So uh, it's all of one piece. Mm -hmm. It does flow together, and you could see why these prophets, they understood their God in his ways, mm -hmm. and it may have given them insights. Now, I'm not trying to explain away the miracle of 
God giving them the insight and the message of what's going to happen to them uh, and so on. But it's in tune with, I, I, I'm not so sure that it, that part of their understanding was based on the fact that they understood the, the redemptive narrative right. and how the Messiah had to come and be a part of Israel and a descendant of David's throne and so on. And so they, they, uh, they saw that, that um, no ha- matter what happens uh, in the world, wars, disasters, or other events, that there is a primary purpose and activity that God is carrying out in the human race and that is the redemptive plan. He's calling out a people for himself through the Messiah, through the Redeemer, through Jesus of Nazareth. As, as the song, our song said, Jesus is, is uh, that's the focus. If the message of redemption is the central message, Jesus is the central character of the entire Bible, Old and New Testaments. And we see that pretty graphically here in the book of Jeremiah as well. Uh, and yeah, we've made our way now through chapter 30 and 31. Um, I guess, I guess that final point is, is, is really a very important point as well. Yeah. The, the nature of the redemptive plan of God is not going to be obeying a bunch of laws that he's put on right. stone, right. stone tablets. but he's going to write those laws on our hearts. Oh. That's part of the that's the redemption. Right. That's the that's the process of sanctification. Right. Now, as we are in Christ, right. we've been made right with God mm-hmm. positionally because of the work of the Redeemer on our part, on our behalf, and now the Holy Spirit is working in us mm-hmm. as God's people, uh, as grafted into Israel, the people of God. Right. The Holy Spirit is helping us become what we already are. Mm-hmm. He's working in our lives so that. All the wonderful blessings, the forgiveness, the cleansing, the righteousness that is imputed to us as believers, the Holy Spirit is teaching us how to live that out. That's right. And that's why you can go from the heart is desperately wicked, mm-hmm. deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, to a place of he has he is touched our, he has he is taken our heart of stone and given us a heart of transformed flesh. And us and transformed changed us. us. And, and, yeah. and he and slowly but surely right. I, I've been knowing walking with the Lord sixty five years and he's still not finished with me. I still learn lessons, I still make mistakes and God still spanks me every now and then. <laughs> and uh but he's faithfully, uh tenderly, gently, but very intently right. uh changing us, transforming us from the inside out, not us keeping a bunch of rules, but his spirit working to change us in the way we are and think. I, I love that quote. I think C.S. Lewis said that God loves us and accepts us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. <laughs> so it, part of the redemptive process is sanctification. He's, he's transforming us uh, during our time here on planet Earth as well. And ultimately, back to that hope, and this is the uh, this is probably the irony of all of it. There's that famous Jeremiah twenty nine eleven verse: "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future." And yet, you know, you would think the message is no surrender, and you would think that what follows that is no hope, surrender. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But God's saying no. Your hope is in surrendering and surrendering ultimately to him. God's ways are above our ways. That's right. and, and, and yeah, yeah. And then uh, he will write his laws 
not on tablets or on a wall or somewhere where we have to read them. And nobody, he's going to write them in our right. hearts. I, I, I love that concept. It, it is beautiful. Well, there we go, folks. We've made it through chapter 31 of Jeremiah. This coming week, we'll finish the book of Jeremiah and go on into Lamentations, Jeremiah's response to, to the destruction the of Je- Jerusalem. dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.